0: Now, several open questions about AI that really matter right now, the best observers seem to be saying. Where are we going with AI? Should we be demanding a pause in development or does that just spread alarm? Is regulation the answer? How do we ensure we don't wait for a crisis to act? Now, some observers suggest that full access to AI via the chat GPT vehicle, for instance, is akin to the arrival of electricity two centuries ago. That is bringing in massive change. Maybe that's even underrating it. If you consider that recent open letter dramatically signed by some very prominent tech names and other interested parties, it called for an immediate pause in AI development for, say, six months. They were so alarmed about what we don't yet know. Now, we hope, some more clarity about our options from one of the signatories of the open letter, Stuart Russell. He's director of the Center for Intelligence Systems at the University of California. And Amber Cack, who in a way says, don't panic. This is not the Wild West. She's a lawyer and former senior advisor on AI to government, now uh, director of the AI Institute. Welcome to you both.
1: Happy Hi, to be here.
0: Now, I'm going to ask you, just just to get a sort of scene setter from the two of you, um, how how your own emotions are at the moment, whether you feel that this is uh, a time to, to worry or a time to engage, and why you both, just to distill it all before we get into some detail. First to you, Amber.
1: Thanks, Geraldine. So, I think the moment right now seems to be quite polarised on, on two extremes, as you alluded to, right? So, there's one, there seems to be this breathless hype and excitement. Everyone has this new shiny new toy to pay, play with, and it's made the kind of uh, promise of of AI and sentience and and all of that seem uh, seem much more palpable to the kind of everyday person. Um, so that's one end of the extreme. And on the other end of the extreme, we're also hearing more fearful narratives about how this this kind of the Powerful digital minds, as the as the letter you just uh, spoke about refers to it, as um, could potentially we could be potentially unleashing systems that we we can't fully control. Um, I I would like to kind of maybe. Intervene. I don't know if middle is the right word, but maybe cut across both these narratives to say like, I, I really think the question before us today, it's not a new question because AI certainly isn't new and ChatGPT is only its latest iteration. The real question right now is how can we and to what degree can we kind of reassert democratic control over the future trajectory of not just AI, but I would say the industry that controls it. Um So that's kind of like the top of mind question for me.
0: Okay okay, how can we assert control, which clearly you think is doable. Uh, Stuart, how do you see it? Uh,
2: So I think both uh, engaged and uh, concerned at the same time. Um, So what's happened really is that, um, you know, as you say, AI has been going on for a long time, and the concerns about the possibility of success in AI uh, date back actually centuries, but just to give you one example, Alan Turing, who's the founder of computer science uh, and to some extent of AI as well, uh, in 1951 uh, said uh, once the machine thinking method had started, it would not take long to uh, exceed our feeble powers and we should have to expect the machines to take control. Um, Hmm. So, you know, he is the archetypal... Hmm. Uh, founder of computer science and one of the most brilliant minds of the 20th century. Um, so this is not fringe uh, concern. No. This this has been stated from, from the beginning. And I think what's happened is that progress recently has been much faster than expected. And uh, on the other side, progress on how do we control intelligent systems, how do we ensure... That they behave in a predictable, robust, and safe way, uh, progress there has has not moved ahead at the same rate.
0: so it's the so, pace of change, and the uh, I saw an amazing thing the other day in The New York Times talking about the fact that I think they said in November they posed chat GPT uh, the the job of analyzing u um, s employment figures, and they basically got. Ten, it was only ten percent right. The the way they restated the figures. Last month, it was only ten percent wrong. So in that yep. five months, there'd been this extraordinary shift. So is it? It's the pace, is it? Is that what is suddenly got everybody in a f- bit of a flip?
2: Yeah. So let let me give you one one more important data point. Um, so GPT four is the latest uh, incarnation from OpenAI. Uh, and Microsoft, which is a part owner or has a substantial ownership interest in open AI, got access to an earlier version of GPT-4 uh, several months ago, and they put some of their top computer scientists on the job, including at least two members of the National Academy in the U.S., to evaluate that system and to understand what it was capable of and what it was not capable of, and they wrote a report Uh, I think it's like 120-something pages. Uh, And the title of that report is Sparks of Artificial General Intelligence. So that was the conclusion they came to. um, And they actually have a lot more hands-on experience with the system than almost anybody else. Uh, These are highly competent researchers. And what is Sparks of Artificial General Intelligence, or AGI? What does that mean? That means that they are claiming that this is the beginning of uh, a transition to the most revolutionary technology in human history, something that would change the face of human civilization uh, and something that Turing predicted we would not be able to control. Okay. Um, so there we are. And this is not me saying this. This is, this is very serious computer scientists at Microsoft who have spent a lot of time working with the system. Yes.
0: Okay. Now, Amber, I think the point you say is in the face of these sorts of predictions or prophecies, you're calling for, as I love it, shrewd, empowered scepticism. <laughs> and, and I wonder what that converts to. Does that mean that, well, A, we tool ourselves up so we understand, so we're not terrified, but does it mean a focus on regulation rather mm-hmm. than pausing development? How, how do you see it?
1: Yeah, I hope I hope I bring that empowered skepticism to my to my comments today because I I think there's there's two things here, right? One is um and you know, we've uh, we've just heard from Stuart about the founding fathers and these brilliant computer scientists and their predictions of future risks. And, and um, you know, he's, he's well-placed to be expert on that, but I might just sort of put in a word of caution because we have, a, we're at a very pivotal moment when it comes to kind of political will to act, to regulate technology. And I worry that the kind of preoccupation with the future and the future risks might distract from not only the risks that we are seeing unfurl with chat gpt and not because it's getting too good too fast but because uh it's still fairly uh you know it, there's there's kinds of lots of errors that are cropping up and pervading our information environment and are kind of destabilizing our creative industries now so not just because of chat gpt but you know let's let's just kind of take you know, two steps back. Mm. So the first step, I think, would be to say, AI is not this kind of disembodied technological current and kind of let's let's talk about it in terms of its material infrastructure. It is fundamentally the thing that keeps me up at night and I know several others who are, who are thinking about these from a kind of material perspective is that AI, as we understand it today, is still foundationally reliant on resources that are owned and controlled by a handful of firms. Um, so Microsoft, Google, and Amazon unarguably have significant first mover advantages mm-hmm. because they do, you know, they command the consumer be- behavioral data sets. They have the computational uh, infrastructure uh, at, at hand. And of course, they have the most best and most kind of expensive uh, skill sets and expertise within in in house. So even even OpenAI's uh, CEO described uh, the company's computational costs as as like eye watering. So we're talking about million, a very very expensive industry. Um, expensive Let alone threat to the
0: planet, but anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly expensive on the planet and also expensive in terms of who gets to play in this race. So I think. As a, as, you know, coming to that question of regulation, we're gonna, you know, there's, there's consumer protection authorities. I was, um, advisor at the, Federal Trade Commission in the US, we look at consumer protection and privacy issues. And of course, those are are key here, particularly when it comes to misinformation, uh, what is uh, popularly being referred to loosely as hallucinations coming out of these systems. Um, But also, you know, there's a there's a kind of broader swath of regulation that has been building up over the I would say now last five years um, in the US, in Europe, in Australia, Um, And the field is called kind of algorithmic accountability, which is uh, maybe a a mouthful, but one way of saying, like, how do we make... Uh, processes of building and designing and imagining these technologies more accountable to the public from day one so that we're not kind of giving into narratives that talk about these technologies as inevitable um, and uh, as kind of, like I said, disembodied from the the organizations that are building them.
0: Can can I just tell listeners that that's Amber Cack you've been hearing. Uh, She's a director of the AI Now Institute. She's had a very big, quite a considerable role in, as you can hear, in um, efforts to well regulate or monitor certainly developments in this uh, extraordinary field and uh, Stuart uh, B- uh, Stuart Russell's also with us from the University of California Berkeley professor uh, University of California Berkeley professor of computer science so we're we're trying to get um, underneath some of the dramas and headline dramas of AI at the moment. I just want to come back to you, Amber, because I think you say that we mustn't wait for a good crisis to act. We must act before. And that big banks' uh, regulations are a good model for regulation. What are you getting at there?
1: Yeah, so you know, I two things here. I think I, Cambridge Analytica is an example that I would say most people are now familiar with. It was the last time we had this kind of watershed, widespread consensus. Like, oh, okay, I think we let this tech genie out of the bottle, and we let kind of tech companies uh, have free reign for too long, and now we're kind of dealing with a, a kind of massive political and sort, c- massive kind of political and social impacts of these systems. And almost in, I saw this happen in a period of like one year we saw data protections laws being passed uh, privacy laws being passed in several countries which had been in stalemate forever so we're kind of at that same moment i think with ai right like it, in 20 years we'll probably be on the back foot when it comes to responding to these challenges just like we are today on on so many aspects of of tech regulation i know you just had um uh, the someone the from the A triple C, ACCC, mm. right? And like what she said was so so important. She talked about merger review, and I think that's so interesting because it there is now an understanding that maybe for the last decade or so. We've had an overly permissive approach to how tech companies are accumulating power, particularly big tech companies. And so we don't want to be on the back foot. We want to be able to act now and we want to use this political and this kind of uh, public moment around AI to really move forward when it comes to regulation. I mean, now just
0: go go ahead. Well, I just want, I wonder what Stuart's thinking, listening to that, you know, in, in the middle,
1: whether you think this is uh, tilting at
0: windmills, uh, because, I mean, you know, if you think of the Genome Project, which was another huge, huge development in in, in human understanding of itself, that, as I recall, that was essentially in the hands of of, of, the, of the British, um, uh, and they made it public. They said, this is so significant, this must not be held in the hands of, of private companies to just vie with each other other uh, and and you know the world shifted as a result of that can, can, can this can you see this possibly happening here
2: um, so I, I think it's interesting I don't think amber and I are really disagreeing um, we both want regulation we want it to happen before the catastrophe you know before the Chernobyl uh, happens um, and you know the the open letter is not calling for a stop to AI research and development. It's simply calling asking that uh, until we have regulations in place that uh, that define what kinds of properties systems have to have and have to be demonstrated to have. So until those regulations are in place, uh, that the the companies who are developing these systems, Uh, simply wait on on developing and releasing more powerful models than GPT-4. Right. So there is tons of AI research still going on, and the letter explicitly says we are not calling for a halt to AI research and development. Um, There are also a bunch of other uh, startup companies. I think there's seven or eight uh, companies beyond just Microsoft and and Google and Meta uh, who are... Uh, trying to build this AGI, this general purpose AI technology.
0: Well, we hear this morning uh, that Elon Musk is now planning to ch- challenge open AI with a rival. You know? Uh,
2: yeah, I've heard rumors about that. I don't know much about it. But but the numbers are, as you say, eye-watering $23 billion invested in these startups in the last three months, <laughs> uh, which is quite astounding. So the the genome example is really an interesting one because um, back in 1975, the genetic engineers, uh, you know, they had just developed this technology of recombinant DNA, like being able to manipulate the DNA of organisms. And they saw the potential risks to human life by creating new types of disease organisms. They saw the massive risk to society from creating a genetic elite uh, and they got together and they talked about these risks and they said, you know what, we, we should not allow the modification of human genome and we should not allow research on disease organisms, except in very restricted cases in very high security labs, uh, you know, for a good reason. Uh, and those strictures have remained in place. And I think we are all extremely grateful uh, mm-hmm. that they did that. But what happened was that the, you know, the organizer of that meeting, Paul Berg, uh, in a retrospective, he said the lesson for all of science is that once the commercial researchers dominate the conversation, it is too late. Uh, so that's quite an important mm. statement. I hope he's wrong. I hope that there's some chance that the public and the interests of not just the public, I mean, the interest of the human race. Uh, our future uh, depends on getting this right. And the open letter is really saying it's not too much to ask to just hold off until we are sure we are getting it right before we move ahead. Well, uh, We uh, just ca- cannot, we can't wait until it's too late.
0: Um, I mean, Amber, a couple of questions flow from that. Um, uh does what in your washington because this is centered in the us and we'll get to china and other places in a moment russia um does washington have its head around this is there it can you detect that there is a, a readiness and appetite to step in because i tell you you know the, the commercial researchers are certainly in there with their ears pinned back and i heard that ezra klein from the new york times say the other day he thought this was a test uh, uh, that if if they can't even put words to where they think this is going, that's time to pause until they can. You know, humanity is defined by the ability to put words to things, and he says he's absorbed with all the developers, and they're a weird bunch. He says they can't even say what they're doing and where it's going, and that that is just not a good sign. So, uh, I, I'd like your comments on both those aspects, please. Mm-hmm
1: maybe i'll start with the the comment from from Ezra on, on just kind of uh, like how is this even legitimate right like that th- they aren't even able to tell us uh, answer these basic questions and there's that kind of basic lack of accountability um, i think a lot of the legislative proposals that have been in the works now for um at least since 2018 many of them a lot of them actually just point to that exactly in the us which is we need companies um and actually government agencies as well that are using ai to demonstrate before release, before kind of unleashing these systems um, into society, they need to be able to demonstrate that they have, A, considered risks. Why have they made the decision to use an automated system in the first place? What data have their have their systems been trained on? What are the likelihoods of, of kind of errors or discriminatory impacts that might creep in because of the data that they chose? These kinds of basic questions, which... Haven't again come from nowhere. They've actually, and and maybe to 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 Stuart's point, you know, we've already had some of the um, the kind of crises or calamities from AI, right? I my they may not, and it ranges from a spectrum. So it's everything from you know reports that hiring um, resume sc- scanning tools have been truly discriminatory, particularly to women and people of color. Uh, You know, one report said that resume screening tools widely identify being named Jared and having played lacrosse in high school as the best predictor of job performance in the U.S., and that was being used to weed out applicants. Um, You know, Australia is very familiar with RoboDebt. So if we just lose the focus on just generative AI and chat GPT for a moment, we'll find that the reason we have all of this policy that we can now kind of fast-forward uh, and and my my kind of optimistic take is that that hopefully that happens is because we already have mounting evidence of these systems not working mm-hmm. so as as much as we um should maybe potentially also be be thinking about these kind of future risks we already have a mountain of actual harm from from automated um systems and in sufficiently the and skilled
0: people to talk about you know to 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 engage with exactly these, have we exactly okay, good good to yeah hear. i
1: think this is a mature this is a mature space. Now, when it comes to lawmakers, I'll tell you like the trope is obviously that you know, the lawmakers have no idea how the technology works. And I I always, I mean, I feel uncomfortable with that narrative, because again, I think it's a little disempowering, right? It's not, it isn't for every regulator to be a computer science or a technical expert, because sometimes the important questions to ask are not about technology at all. They are about what is the business model that is driving this particular use of this technology? Who are the stakeholders that have been consulted? why is it that you thought that you you were confident enough as a company to release to the public? What risks have you considered? What risks have you not considered? And I think beyond government, there is a, a very, very broad kind of research and advocacy community that um, government agencies can lean on for expertise. But I think over-indexing on, there's a temptation to think about, and it's, it is true, right? Like governments move slowly, they mm. do move slowly, but my kind of clarion call right now is, is, is it's time for government moment to kind of move fast and, and break things.
2: Yeah, okay. What yeah. The, yes, Stuart. Um, so, I mean, interestingly, this week uh, we had the Chinese government announce mm. their restrictions on large language models mm. like ChatGPT. We had Senator Schumer, the leader of the Senate, um, announce uh, a plan to, to issue legislation specifically around both the uh, the immediate risks uh, that Amber is rightly emphasising and uh, and the longer-term risks. And I've just today... And we had
0: the Italian uh, government also acting and the EU. Uh, yes. Although I
2: have to say that I think that's a different issue. But just today I've met with the staffs of three senators who contacted me about this. Um, and they are quite well-informed. Um, and they are really asking the academic community uh, and the commercial tech community to step up and say, what should the regulations be? What are the criteria that systems should meet before they can be released? And the European Union has been working on this. The Act should be finalized later on this year. Um, And I think it will be quite difficult for systems like ChatGPT and GPT-4 to to meet the requirements. Because uh, as Amber says, we have no idea how they work we have no way of controlling their behavior beyond saying, basically, bad dog when they do something wrong. Uh, and, it, it, you know, it, OpenAI says, well, we did all these safety tests. You know, we're really good people. We did all these safety tests. But it failed most of those safety tests, <laughs> right? Uh, and, and they still released it. They were, they were proudly announced that after saying bad dog thousands of times, it it misbehaves 29% less often but that's not very reassuring to most people.
0: Okay, look, ext- very quickly, is there a sufficient confidence, I suppose, Amber, because what I'm getting from this is um, mm-hmm. a lot of us who won't understand it all, how could we? We've still got to act. Now, is there sufficient confidence growing? I mean, I noticed that I think there's a call in Australia for a, a, a commissioner for digital safety. We'll see where mm-hmm. that goes, but it is that where we are? What is required of each of us?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think the the first thing we need, and I I wouldn't discount just how important this is, is the fact that governments need to feel empowered and not reliant on the tech industry to lead the way on what the solutions are for the problems they're creating. And what I mean by that is that there is a tendency, because these systems are complex and they're technical, that even when things go wrong, uh, the first people that are kind of knocking on the government's door to tell them, look, I know we, we messed up, but now let us tell you how to fix it, right? Sam Altman is out there and there are sev- several tech executives, um, <laughs> including Elon Musk, who will tell you that, look, yes, AI has problems, but let me be at the forefront of telling you how to fix them. And I think that... That move is very dangerous because we've seen the fallout of letting industry assume leadership in the conversation Mm -hmm. on how to fix things. So I would say the most important thing is to kind of retain control of that conversation and have that be a process that is free from industry uh, in sort of, I I guess, capture. Good. Well,
2: that's what we've been trying to do. (laughs) Getting our heads around it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's an interesting very fast Stuart. Uh, Very In the European Union, industry inserted a clause into the act that says for the purposes of this act, general purpose AI, which includes chat GPT and all those systems, shall not be considered AI, meaning it shall not be regulated. So that's what happens when the tech industry Mm, tries to write the regulation.
0: Mm, Interesting. (laughs) Very... Challenging. Okay, Amber Cack and Stuart Russell, um, a sterling job by you both. Thank you very much indeed.
2: Thank you, you, Gerald. Gerald.
0: Uh, Amber Cack, former senior advisor on AI at the Federal Trade Commission, Stuart Russell uh, from the University of California, and his textbook is Artificial Intelligence A Modern Approach, if you care to dive further into it. Up next, a total change. A city couple move to a farm with almost zero knowledge. It'll be fine, right? Find more great
2: ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.